Welcome to the Potter's House podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you. If you'd like to learn more about the Potter's House, you can visit pottershouse.org. And I admonish you to just open up your heart, open up your mind. Can you all talk back to me tonight? Is that all right? Can we holler a little bit up in this place? Yeah. And in your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel chapter 3. And I believe this message that I'm about ready to preach. I believe the Lord gave it to me. It is a prophetic uh, message for this hour. And anytime the Lord gives me a word like this, I have to be careful. How many of you know we have to be careful what is being spoken into the body of Christ? Especially in the day and age that we are living in. And is it alright if we read some scripture? Can we read some Bible tonight? Is that cool? We're going to read a little bit. But Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 1 through 6, it says this. Now Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, you get the picture, they were all there, of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately, say immediately, into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Go to verse 12. And there were certain Jews, certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately, say immediately again, into the midst of a burning furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Uh, That's a good place to shout right there. From the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 19, we're almost done. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more hotter than it is usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning furnace. These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning furnace. And therefore, since the king's command was urgent 
and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Go to verse 24 and verse 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast in three men bound into the fiery furnace? And they said, Sir, it is true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I want to share a message tonight called, Turn the Heat Up. Turn the Heat Up. Look at your neighbor and say, Turn the Heat Up. Father, we thank you for this gathering. I thank you for this assembly of your saints. And Lord, over the next little while, I pray that you would just open up every heart, every mind, every ear to receive the word of the Lord. Father, we take our chair tonight and we pull it up to your table and we say, feed us, oh God, feed us until we want no more, Lord. Release this word into the atmosphere. Hide me, God, in the shadow of your cross. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you all of the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church shouts, amen. And again, as you are seated, look at someone you did not come with and say, turn the heat up. Turn the heat up. And uh, before I go any further, I want to just uh, recognize the Potter's House Reynoldsburg campus. Where's the Reynoldsburg folks at? Come on, come on. Yeah. Thank you for joining us tonight. But as I was praying um, into this word and praying what to share tonight, I, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to release this word in the atmosphere. And I think that every person under the sound of my voice this evening can agree that we live in tumultuous times. We live in crazy times. We live in, uh, to, the, to humanism, unprecedented times. And uh, no matter your age, we can all agree that we've never seen anything like this before. And every day, there's a new story. Every day, someone is shouting on the street corner. Every single day, there's something new. And people believe, here's the thing, church, people believe that their personal opinions are the gospel truth. Come on. I've seen so much hate and so much malice and so much drama on Facebook. Listen, if you've got nothing good to say, put your pen down, put your keyboard down, put your iPad down. I've seen so much division in the body of Christ over these past two years, and it makes me nauseous to my stomach when God is trying to unify the bride of Christ, but his church is going on Facebook and causing drama and hate and gossip and slander and then we have the nerve to come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays and speak in tongues and shout and have a good time but I got news for you honey if your tongue doesn't make you a nicer person then you need to ask yourself where did I get that heavenly language to begin with because if you're speaking in tongues if you're speaking in a heavenly language there should be an inward change amen somebody and so, however, I want to encourage someone this morning that no matter what we are facing in this hour, God is still in control. I'm reminded in John 16 and 33 that these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Notice how Jesus did not say that you may have peace peace in your government. Notice how Jesus did not say that you'll have peace in social media or in people, but he said that in me, someone shout in me, that in me, you may have peace in the world. 
you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you take the time to look around, you'll realize scripture is being fulfilled. And I have a burden for the church of Jesus Christ in this hour to rise up in power. It is not time for the church to be in the shadows. It is not time for the church to be in a corner somewhere. But it's time for the church to rise up in authority and boldness. That if the government can come out and say all of these things, if people can have a platform to say, all of these things and you say pastor Kyle don't bring politics into the pulpit honey you have to get to the place this thing is bigger than the Republican Party this thing is bigger than a Democratic Party but this is about the kingdom of heaven and I want to tell the body of Christ tonight that no matter what you see on Fox News no matter what you see on CNN ABC I want to tell you I still get my news from the B-I-B-L-E and that's enough for me and it's time that we rise up in authority and under the power of the Holy Ghost and establish the kingdom in this city. Jesus said that, I, that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, it's not time for the church to sit cowardly in a dark corner while the enemy wreaks havoc in the earth. We need some Holy Ghost men and women in this hour, church. We need some preachers that don't have a jellyfish backbone that will stand up and preach the word of God. It's time to build the house. A couple weeks ago, our pastor laid the vision and the foundation for where we are heading. And I want to tell you, now is not the time to be a spectator. Now is not the time to stand on the shoreline and to stand on the sidelines and figure out, well, where am I supposed to serve and what am I supposed to do? Honey, you better pick up a hammer. You may not know how to use it. You better pick up a saw. You better pick up something and ask the Lord, Father, what do you want me to do with my hands? Where do you want my feet to go in this hour? Shout, build the house. We need the anointing back. I'm going somewhere tonight, but we need an Acts 4.31 anointing. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen, church, I'm thankful for social media. I'm thankful for production. I'm thankful for the screens and the cameras and the lights. But if we do not have the anointing, of the Holy Ghost and we will never see miracle signs and wonders. If we don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost the alcoholic's going to come in one way and they're still going to leave the same. If we don't have the Holy Ghost, the prostitutes are going to come in and they're going to look for a lover and they're going to find absolutely nothing. But if the Holy Ghost is in the house the alcoholic will come in and they will come to the altar before the message is even preached before the lights are even on and they'll say what must I do to be saved I'm talking about a Holy Ghost that still breaks chains I'm talking about a Holy Ghost that no matter how messed up jacked up you may be torn up from the floor up but when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you we need the Holy Ghost we need a manifestation of the power we need miracle signs and wonders that when they come into this house cancer has to flee when they come into this house leukemia has to flee when the Holy Ghost is in the house every demon in hell I have no help tonight where are my Holy Ghost men and women there needs to be an uproar there needs to be a riot there needs to be revival in this day and age where are the sons and daughters that will stand between the porch and the altar and say God I'm not leaving this place until we have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm not getting up from this place until my household is saved. I'm not getting up from this place until I get my healing. Where are my men and women that you know something about the Holy Ghost in this place? Give God praise. 
what would happen? What would happen? You, you all been, we, we pray on Friday nights, but you guys come in here on Sundays, I believe. But what would happen? Listen, I don't want a fast food experience. I don't want something that you can throw in the microwave. But honey, I want something that God has been cooking in the oven. I want to pull up my chair and I want to say, Lord, feed me, baptize me with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What would happen if we come into this house and we say we're not leaving God until we get that Acts 4:31 anointing? And they all prayed, and the place where they were assembled was shaken. Where are those men and women? I'm thankful that I still come from stock. You know, I remember my grandparents, my, even my parents. We would have revival days on end. And I'm not saying that's what revival always looks like. But we'd come into, into service at 7 o'clock. And Terry, we would, they would sing. And we would worship. And we would praise the Lord. And it would be 10 o'clock. And the preacher never was even up on the platform yet. And he would still get up there. He preached for a good hour and a half. And still have an altar call. And lay hands on everything that moved in the building. And before you, I remember falling asleep on the pew. Kara, I know you remember that. Falling asleep on the pew. Church kids in the house. 3 a.m. Getting home. They'd go to work at 6 a.m. And you better believe they were back in the house of the Lord the very next night. Where is the hunger? Where is the thirst? Church, there is a sacrifice and a cost for revival. And I want to share a few things from our text tonight. And if you're taking notes, get ready to write these down. I was praying. And the Lord brought uh, this to mind. America, the beautiful, the song. Many of us have heard that. America, the beautiful, and I said it out loud one day in our house, America the beautiful. And I heard the Holy Spirit whisper right back to me, America the new Babylon. America the new Babylon. And as I was praying, this is what the Lord said. She will be enticed for a season resulting in increased turmoil. But at the appointed time, the Lord will send redemption. I'm going to say that again. That's what I heard. I wrote it down. She will be enticed for a season, resulting in increased turmoil. But at the appointed time, someone say the appointed time, the Lord will send redemption. But for us to understand the severity of this prophetic word tonight, we have to understand what Babylon is. Can I teach this for just a moment? Is that all right? When we look at the history of Babylon, did you know that Babylon is mentioned 280 times in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Although empires arose and fell, Babylon was known for longevity and power. The Babylonian Empire was considered at the time to be cutting edge in development and led in the race of innovation. However, despite being cutting edge, they lacked morals and they lacked values. If you literally look this up in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says that Babylon is this, a city devoted to materialism and sensual pleasure. A city devoted to materialism and sensual pleasure. Pleasure. They rejected the one true living God. They worshipped idols. They gave their own selves glory. They were narcissistic. Amen, somebody. Ain't got no help there. The Babylonians were obsessed with sex and perversion. Homosexuality was accepted, debauchery was celebrated, and the men could, could literally buy women on the market to, to have their lustful desires pleased. Sound familiar? 
in the age that we are living in today. They wanted everyone to think and also believe the same way. If you go back to Daniel chapter 1 verses 3 through 5, it says this, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table and they were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's service. So now when the book of Daniel opens up, our focus is on Daniel. That they literally brought these men in to understand the culture and the society that they lived in. Daniel, get this right here. Daniel lived in Babylon, but he was not of Babylon. I'm going to say that again. Some of you will get it on your drive home. Daniel was in Babylon, but he was not of Babylon. He didn't talk like they talked. He didn't walk like they walked. And when I look at America today, I see a modern day Babylon. I see people. I see men. I see women. I see the idolatry. I see the narcissism. I see the, the perversion. It is running rampant. But I believe in this hour that there are Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes. I believe that there are Daniels in this hour. I believe that in America, there is a remnant that will not bow down to the idols of the day. There is a remnant in Babylon that will not bow down and preach a cultural gospel. They will not bow down and preach what tickles their ears and makes you feel good. Ah, there's preachers in the pulpit all across America and they try to be seeker sensitive and they, they try to be careful what they preach about. Do you understand church that I've even been to churches and before I got up in the pulpit, before I led a worship, they literally had to pull me aside and give me a briefing and tell me we only say this in this house and make sure when you say that, you say it like this, but I've got news for the church it was nothing but the blood for me and until the day that I die I will talk about the blood of Jesus Christ it was the blood that saved me it was the blood that cleansed me it was the blood that raised me honey if, G if there was no reason for the blood then there would be no reason that Jesus came to earth I still believe in the blood that at the mention of the blood every demon in hell has to flee. I still believe at the mention of the blood riot that homosexuality has to be broken off. I still believe at the mention of the blood demons and, and warlocks and witchcraft have to be broken and I am reminded in Hebrews 9, 13 and 14 for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling for the unclean if that was enough to sanctify the flesh then how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself up unto God cleanse you from your dead works to serve the living God listen the potter's house will not preach a cultural gospel the potter's house will not preach a message but we're gonna preach every line every red letter every syllable Every passage, every paragraph, this world needs to know about the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to give you a 10 second praise break to thank God for the blood. I need some people. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for 
the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God that if it had not been for the blood, you'd still be walking around with the same people. Thank God if it had not been for the blood, you still would be jacked up. Some of you were on your way to a bottomless pit. Some of you, your marriage almost ended up in divorce. So I don't come into this place on a Wednesday night to act all cute. Honey, when I think about the blood, I can't help but raise my hands and lift up my voice and do a little dance because of the blood. Shout the blood. The blood, the blood, the blood will never lose its power. It still reaches to the highest mountain and it still flows to the lowest valley. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood. Power to break every chain, power to break every fetter. Power, power, power. Someone shout power in this house. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you have power tonight? Do you have power to trample upon serpents? Do you have power that when you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover? Do, look at your neighbor. Look at them right in the eye and say, do you have power? Woo. And if they say, I don't know, I give you permission to lay your hands on them right now. Woo. Sit down. Power. 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 We have cheapened the blood of Christ. I don't get it, church. I don't get how we are ordaining lesbians in the pulpit. I do not understand. How we have two men leading the church. I do not understand it. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Do not fall into the pool of deception. Uh, some of you said, I just wanted to come and get a hot dog tonight. I just wanted to come and sing my favorite song. I just love Pastor Michael's crown song. I just love him so much. But listen, honey, if there is no change in your life, you can sit on this pew and go to hell. Your family can go to hell. But it's time that we talk about the blood. It's time that you talk about the blood to your husband. It's time that you talk about the blood to your employees and your colleagues it's time that you talk about the blood to your children the blood still has power number two is this I have to hurry turn the heat up when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were brought before the king and they didn't bow he told the men to turn the furnace up seven times hotter say seven times seven times hotter than it ought to be. And I want to tell you tonight that anytime you're fighting the devil, you can be assured that the fire is going to get hotter. It's going to get hotter. You're praying for your prodigal child. You're praying for your family. You're praying for your spouse. And you say, Lord, every time that I pray, I just feel like all hell breaks loose. I, the, the, uh, the more I spend time in my prayer closet, the more I come to church, the more I worship, it just feels like all hell is breaking loose. But I've learned that in these moments, the devil will not gain the victory. Uh, you ought to be happy about that tonight. Some of you are walking through hell and high water in this place, but I came tonight on a Wednesday evening to tell you that the devil will not get the victory. King Nebuchadnezzar was out to kill, but God was out to save. Come on, somebody. And you know what? I've learned that the enemy's trap for your life is really a setup. Some of you are scratching your head tonight. Some of you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. Some of you, your kids are acting crazy, right? Where are all the parents at? That's all right. Uh, I didn't say raise your hands. I just said, where are all the parents at? The enemy's trap for your life is a setup and the fire in the furnace was seven times hotter and they were chained anybody been chained before they were bound and they were thrown in to die 
And your Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar looked in with amazement and saw not three men walking around, but he saw four men walking around. What am I trying to say? When you turn the heat up, it will really reveal who you belong to. When you turn the heat up, it will reveal who you belong to. When you turn the heat up, it will reveal what you're made of. Some of you are in a place that you feel like if I don't bow down, if I don't bow down, if I don't give into this thing, because if the enemy can't take your faith, then the enemy will make you weary. He will make you tired. And some of you are in that place. But honey, when the, when the fire gets hotter, when it feels like all hell is breaking loose, you better believe that angels on assignment have your address. You better believe that when you don't understand what's going on in your house you better believe that God has his eye the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people and I've learned in my life that in the midst of a fiery furnace Joel when I lift up my hands when I lift up my voice in the midst of the midnight hour when I lift up my voice and my hands in the midst of trial and tribulation I've learned that he'll he'll come see about you that when you begin to praise God in the midst of your circumstance when you praise God in the midst of your situation honey I'm here to tell you tonight that he can't resist the sound of your praise but he will pull back heaven he'll pull back the clouds and he will step into your situation and he'll say devil get your hands off of my anointed devil get your hands off of my child some of you need to lift up your hands in the midst of a midnight crisis and say devil you can't have my health you can't have my future you can't have my destiny you can't have my seed you can't have my inheritance you can't have my legacy ah this means a war this means a war ah devil we serve an eviction notice on you tonight and we lift up our hands no matter what it looks like no matter what it sounds like I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth if I have money in the bank or if I don't have money in the bank I will praise the Lord if my children are acting crazy I will bless the Lord if I'm in the hospital I will bless the Lord if I don't know if I'm coming or if I'm going I will bless the Lord I hear Job say that though he slay me yet will I praise him and I want to know do I have any praisers in the house tonight no matter what it looks like no matter what it sounds like if it's hot you better get ready for your blessing if it's hot you better get ready for your breakthrough if it's hot you better get ready for your healing because the devil is trying to take you out but look at somebody and say my trial is my setup my misery is my ministry my hell is my hallelujah my pain is my praise and I will lift him up in the midst of the furnace give God praise in this house Woo. hallelujah devil take your hands off the potter's house take your hands off the people of God take your hands off of every husband take your hands off of every wife I loose this body in the name of a Jesus Christ whatever you're asking for it's knocking at your door whatever you're seeking tonight it's looking for you in the name of a Jesus receive it tonight Woo! And it said that he threw them in the furnace. He threw them in the furnace. And the same soldiers that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, it said that they fell dead. Some people won't be able to withstand your anointing. Some people won't be able to accommodate your anointing. Some of you are hanging out with people that don't believe in you. They don't believe in your future. They don't believe in your destiny. And, and, and you're telling your dreams to sheep in wolf's clothing. 
and they died because they couldn't withstand the heat. This is not in my notes, but I just want to tell somebody in this next season, our pastor prophesied over our house last night in the next 30 days. Someone shout 30 days. There's about ready to be double rain. And don't go crying when people walk out on you. But honey, instead, pack up their bags, buy them a nice lunch at J. Alexander's, open up the door and say, I bless you, but you can't go where I'm going because where I'm going, I can't have extra weight. I love you. I'm thankful for you. But honey, I have to part ways. I have to cut my ties with you because I'm on assignment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone received that tonight. Some of you are thinking about people right now in your life that you know you have to block their number. You have to delete their Facebook from your Facebook. You have to get rid of it right now because it's toxic in your life. Oh yeah, I'm getting in your business tonight. In the name of Jesus, clean out your house. Some of your problems are self-inflicted. And so when it gets hot, It will reveal who you belong to. King Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace and he said, did not we cast in three? And they said, King, yes, it is. We, it is true. We cast in three men. And he said, well, I see four men walking around in the fire. No matter what fire you're facing tonight, There's a fourth man walking around. <laughs> Two of you said amen to that. There's four men walking around in the fire. Philippians 2, 10 through 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue, I'm going somewhere, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. You know, America is always going to have problems. When we pray for revival, we are not asking for a fix-all solution. Let me just clarify that. My, my old pastor said, as long as you have people, you will have problems. Yeah. As long as you have people around, you will have problems. But I believe what is about ready to hit this nation is going to be a wave after a wave after a wave after a wave of glory. Not only has the church, we've not been persecuted, church. Let me just, let me clarify. We have not been, we might a little bit oppressed, okay? But I don't think sitting in your jammies for three months watching church online is really oppression. Okay. Lord, help me. Keep my mouth in Jesus' name. Daniel chapter 3, 28 through 29. Here's where the promise of redemption is. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated, <laughs> they have frustrated the king's word. The devil's about to be real frustrated. And yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Verse 29, here it is, church, revival. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. This is your Bible. Shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made in ashes because there is no God who can deliver like this. Do you understand the significance of this story that Babylon was ordered to praise God and recognize him as a Lord? The fire that's been burning in this nation, the fire that's been burning from the west coast to the east coast, I say, God, let it be hotter because at 
the name of Jesus, everybody on Capitol Hill, everybody on Wall Street in New York City, they're about ready to recognize that Jesus is Lord. It's not Mohammed, it's not Buddha, it's not Gandhi, but they will lift up their hands and they will recognize there is no God like Jehovah because he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to tell somebody that they're going to recognize that in him there is no shadow of turning. There is no blemish. There is no defect. But he is still the champion of the ages. He is still the conquering hero. He is still our soon coming king. And soon and very soon we are going to see the king. No more crying there. We are going to see the king. America will praise the Lord. Canada will praise the Lord. Mexico will praise the Lord. The United Kingdom will praise the Lord. The earth belongs to him and the fullness thereof. The nations belong to him. The America will be revived in the name of Jesus. We're about ready to see glory in the city of Columbus. I shout glory up to Westerville. I shout glory up to Polaris. I shout glory out to Plain City. I shout glory out to Reynoldsburg. I shout glory out to Blacklick. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy and I've lost my mind. Well, I've come to tell you I'm crazy and I know it. I've lost my mind a long time ago. Now at the age of 12, I met a man named Jesus on my prodigal road and he picked me up and he turned me around and he placed my feet on solid ground. Shout revival in your marriage, revival in your children, revival in your business, revival, revival, revival. Oh church, oh church. I'm almost through. But not only, let's talk about the Holy Ghost for a second. Can we talk about the Holy Ghost? Not only is there a demoralization of our culture and our nation, not only is there a fire burning in the land, but I want to talk about the good Holy Ghost for a second. I know it's foreign, and I hope it's not foreign in our house. And when I was thinking about the Holy Ghost, the Lord brought me back to when I was a child. And uh, we would go over my grandma and grandpa's house, and they would always, in the wintertime, and it would be cold, it would be snowing, and they would always have a great fire burning. And the moment you walked under the threshold, of that door, you would just feel the heat. It could be negative 10 degrees. Anybody have a grandma or grandpa like that? Fireplace, yeah. And you would just walk in through that door and that, that heat would just hit you and it was so inviting. And you would go down, we would go down in their family room and we'd sit close to the fire because it felt good. And it thawed us out, it got rid of the snow, it got rid of the ice. But the longer we sat next to the fire, it started to make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Started to make us uncomfortable. And we would start to sweat. And, and sooner or later, those 10, 20 layers that you had on, come on, somebody. Those 10 layers that you had on, you had to start taking them off because you were so hot. It was making you uncomfortable. And you got... You would get so hot that eventually you would have to leave the room. And, and, and what is happening in that moment? Can I share some science because I'm smart and all that? I'm smart and educated. I have my PhD in Jesus. Amen. Yeah. But what happens in that moment? Because we, we can all agree, right? We have internal body heat, Right? And so when you are in an environment like that where you are next to the fire, that fire on the outside will start to send a signal to whatever's on the inside. 
and it will tell your brain that in order to be conducive in this environment, you have to give something up, which what we know as sweat, right? But I, the Holy Spirit checked me and he said, that is exactly what is happening in the church. We come into the church, the fire is inviting, we sit by the fire, we sing kumbaya, and we speak in tongues, and we dance, and we shout, and we do all of that stuff, but the moment we start to get uncomfortable, the moment that we have to start giving up some things, the moment that we, you know, we come into church... So, and the songs are real good, but the moment the anointing, the moment the conviction, oh, somebody, the moment the conviction falls in the house, we say, you know what? Thank you so much for inviting me to your church. That was a real nice service, and, 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 and we'll just see if I come back. Honey, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. You have to get beyond the goosebumps. You have to get beyond all the good feels because there's going to be a moment in your life where the Holy Ghost is going to make you uncomfortable because the longer you stay next to the fire you have to give up your gossiping tongue the moment you stay next to the fire you're going to have to throw your depression and your fear and your anxiety the longer you stay next to the fire you're going to have to stop lying the longer you are you stay next to the fire you're going to have to stop being rebellious and you're going to have to submit to your pastor ain't nobody want to hear this message tonight but i'm just going to help about two people is that all right you have to allow god you have to allow the Holy Ghost to permeate every single part of your life of your life do you hear me tonight the Holy Ghost and in closing I'm over my time number three we have to intercede for revival like never before sitting on TikTok and watching Netflix and scrolling through Facebook and Twitter will not produce glory. It will not produce glory, church. I'm thankful for what God has done and what I've seen in, in years past. And I remember my mom, my mom got saved when she was 13. And my mom remembers that at our church up in Cleveland where we were born and raised, she remembers on a Sunday night that there was a mist that just came through the ceiling of that sanctuary. Oh yeah, it's real. They're not stories. They're not fairy tales. They're not fables. But she remembers there was a mist that came through the ceiling and it just lowered itself. And when it landed on everybody in the room, the power of God hit every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. We need the power. We need the power. And we have been deceived in the church. Don't get lost in all of this. Don't get lost in the production. But I've, I've come by on this Wednesday night just to tell you, no matter how hot it gets, the Lord will reveal himself in due season. And I want us to be in the epicenter of what God is saying and what God is doing. Can I get an amen? We can't just attend church. Hear me tonight. We can no longer just attend church. We can no longer just take up a pew or a seat. But there is a calling and an assignment over every man, every woman in this house. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. Paul was a murderer. Get over yourself. God can use you. God can use you. Moses couldn't even talk right, but he was supposed to bring an entire nation into deliverance. Get over yourself. God can use you. And you know what? If, the, if it gets hotter in this nation, it's not about, here's the thing, there's a devil loose. It's not about if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated. If you wear a mask or not wear a mask, see the bigger picture, church. 
oh Kyle don't bring politics in here I'm not I want it I want you to see that America is on the horizon of a great awakening this nation will be saved Columbus will be saved and we need men and women just like Shadrach just like Meshach and Abednego and Daniel no matter what they say about me no matter if they approve of me no matter what comes or what goes your own family may count you out your 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 job may think you're not qualified you may feel pressure you may feel pressed and and pulled in every direction but no matter how hot it gets God use me to save a nation God I don't care if they ridicule me I don't care if I'm discriminated against I don't care if my entire family walks out on me for this nation I will weep for this nation I will not bow down to a cultural gospel I will not bow I will not bow. I will not bow. Because when I was 12 years old, the Holy Ghost came upon me and my life has never been the same. It's not a feeling. It's not goosebumps. But he set my life in a trajectory to advance the kingdom. And I want to tell somebody, God is putting you on a launching pad that don't give up. Don't give in. Don't bow down. But say, Lord, turn the heat up in my family. Turn the heat up in this nation turn the heat up all over this world are you serious tonight are you are you ready or can you truly say to yourself I'm ready for a move of God how can we say we're ready for a move of God when we've not fasted how can we say we're ready for a move of God when we've only prayed 10 minutes this week are we ready God, I say do it here. Pastor Michael, I say do it at, at all of our campuses. And if you're ready for God to use you, if you're ready for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand up to your feet and I want you to run to this altar right now. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. And thanks to those of you who give so generously to make things like this possible. You can click the link in the description or go to pottershouse.org for more details and to see the exciting things happening here at the church and how you can get involved. We encourage you to share this week's message with your friends and family. We look forward to seeing you next week.